When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting-centric podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tamanini, and on this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and sometimes even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined by Land Grant Holy Land recruiting columnist and undefeated uh, wide receivers coach up in the state up north, Caleb Hauser. How are you doing, man? Doing well. I appreciate the plug. It's good. To, it's good to be undefeated. So, <laughs> what's the yeah? The best thing about being eight and zero is uh, going the chance to go nine and zero next week. Um, so, we are uh, recording in the evening of Tuesday, October nineteenth, because earlier in the day on Tuesday, Ohio State, believe it or not, rece- received their first commitment from a defensive lineman in the twenty twenty two recruiting class, and that was four star edge rusher Kenyatta Jackson out of Chaminade Madonna Prep in Hollywood, Florida. He's the number seventy eight player in the country according to twenty four seven Sports Composite rankings. Number seven edge rusher and number eleven player in the football rich state of Florida. So we're going to talk about Kenyatta, Caleb. We're also going to talk about some of the other guys that are still in the twenty twenty two class that Ohio State is waiting on. But from your perspective, before we get into the specifics about Jackson, why is it that Ohio State, a program that is so well known for its defensive line prowess, has one of, if not the absolute best defensive line coach in the country, why is it that Ohio State has had to wait so long to get a defensive line commit in this cycle? Yeah, it's certainly kind of unheard of for Larry Johnson, who, you know, obviously we kind of think of him as the best defensive line coach in the country. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been the first commitment since July of this summer for the yeah. 2022 class. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, the early signing period coming up, that's just kind of unheard of, but I think the biggest thing in my mind is just the way the 2022 class and, and really even, you know, the, the future class as well, just how much COVID kind of messed up their recruiting processes in general. I just think it, it everyone in their mindset thought, well, you know, as soon as they're able to get back on campus, they're going to commit all over the place. You know, it's going to be visit after visit, which it was for a lot of these guys. But, you know, when you haven't been able to be on a college campus, you know, in well over a year, and then you finally get that opportunity this past June, I think a lot of those processes that people thought were going to speed up really were slowed down. And when Ohio state, Mm -hmm. you know, recruits from a national, you know, perspective more than any, more than any other school in the big 10, you know, landscape, at least that, that kind of gives you, you know, the reasoning that, well, they're, you know, in on other guys as well, too, within state, but the big guys, you know, tend to go down to the wire a lot because, you know, they're, you know, deciding between the Alabamas of the world, the Oklahomas, the Clemsons, the Georgias, and so on. So I think Ohio State, it's it's kind of a tale of, of two things. I think the recruiting processes for these kids were slowed down because of the pandemic and wanting, and kids wanting to do their due diligence and, you know, take their visits official or unofficial and, and really go through the process. Um, in, in addition, I think, again, when you're going after national prospects as Ohio state is every year, I think sometimes you just kind of have to wait it out. And 
let's talk about Kenyatta because he has had kind of an interesting um, process in getting to Ohio State. He did his official visit uh, on June 25th, which was part of that big month of recruiting we had back in the summer. He then did an unofficial visit just about a month later on July 29th. He was supposed to go on a visit to watch an Oklahoma game during this season, which he had to cancel his plans to do so. He did have a previous official visit to Oklahoma before he came to Columbus. Um, But then after July, he had no real visits, uh, either on campus or coaches visits until last Thursday when during the off week, Larry Johnson made his way down to Hollywood, Florida for a coaches visit. And that was essentially when we found out that Kenyatta Jackson would be committing. And he did so on CBS Sports Network on Tuesday. So he is the first of what could be four or maybe even five defensive line prospects who Ohio State would like to have in the 2022 class. How does he fit into what the Buckeyes are looking to do? Why is he a good first prospect to add to this defensive line class? And considering how good the edge rushers were in Ohio State's 2021 class, why is someone as highly rated as Kenyatta Jackson willing to jump in to that group knowing he's going to have to battle Jack Sawyer and JT Tuomaloau for playing time. Sure. I think the big thing with Kenyatta, once again, is you look at the size and the intangibles. So, I mean, right now he's listed at six foot five, 240 pounds. And that's the kind of thing where you're like, man, that's a frame that, you know, for six foot five, that's a little bit skinnier in nature for a defensive end. But that's the kind of frame that, you know, Coach McMurati and the strength program is going to be able to just to pack the pounds on. So, I mean, I don't want to draw comparisons to Chase Young because that's just unfair to put on a kid. But you look at today's yeah. announcement and he right off the bat mentioned the Bosa brothers and Chase Young and said, you know, the reason why I picked Ohio State is because of what Larry Johnson can do for me as a player like he did with Chase and with the Bosa brothers and, you know, and on down the line, but also what he can do uh, for Kenyatta as a man off the field too. So you take those two things into consideration and it's easy to see why he picked Ohio State. I think the big thing for Kenyatta, you know, in terms of getting on the field right away, I don't think that's a big thing to worry about. You've got JT, you've got Jack, who obviously is true freshman this year, are already seeing the field and it's only going to be in my opinion, I think their roles are only going to increase the second half of the season. Uh, I mean, it's Agreed. just going to be hard yeah. to take those guys off the field. I mean, when, you know, they're cutting their teeth, you know, this young as pups, it, it's just going to be exciting to see what they can do. I think Kenyatta is one of those guys that he'll be able to come into the program and be, you know, not a total developmental piece, you know, many times like the offensive line is, but I think that first year and maybe even the second year, he's really going to put on, you know, some muscle weight, some pounds and, you know, be able to be one of those, you know, stronger defensive ends more than just a, you know, a speed rusher than anything because I watch his film right now and in I mean he's a sack machine I mean I realize he's playing against high school competition and everything's going to be you know you know tons more you know leveling up at the next at the next college level for him but he has some really good moves um, speed rush type of thing he kind of gets away with just you know overpowering you know who he's going against so I think for from my standpoint I look at him as someone who will come in as more of like a speed rusher um, and then Larry Johnson's gonna you know have to you know, be able to help him with hand combat that kind of stuff and you know getting off with his first step a little bit even quicker and then you know just trying to be you know more or less not just a bull rusher but be more you know tech you know, technical about his, about his pass rushing moves. So I'm excited to see what he can bring, but obviously, you know, having a guy come in, uh, you know, as the seventh ranked player at his position, the 78th overall player in the, in the nation for the, 
the two four seven sports composite. I mean, it's it's a welcomed commitment uh, today, considering, like I said earlier, we haven't seen a commitment to the class since July of this past year, and obviously, you know, ha- not having a defensive lineman in the fold yet is just really is kind of shocking, considering who the position coach is. Yeah, and Jackson's an, an interesting dude. One of the things that he said in his kind of interview on CBS Sports Network before he actually made his commitment is that whenever his football career is over, he wants to be an orthopedic surgeon. So clearly this is a kid that has his mind in the right place about what he's going to college to do. He obviously wants to play in the NFL, but he also wants to get that education so that he can go out and help pe- people and he's not somebody who is – you know, going to be worried about not playing school or uh, whatever Cardale said back in the day. So that's really interesting. And, you know, talking about his background, he not only has a grandfather that played in the NFL, uh, Rudy Barber, who was a member of the Miami Dolphins uh, 1968 team. He also has two uncles, Rudy Barber Jr. and Cantroy Barber, who both played uh, in the NFL. Um, Rudy Jr. played at the University of Miami in the early 90s and spent some time with the 49ers. Cantroy Barber played for um, West Virginia and then was a fourth-round pick by the New England Patriots. So he knows what it takes and uh, to, to, to be a player at the elite level, and he obviously has his mind on that, but also has his mind on some other things. So um, he's an interesting guy, and I, and I think that's exactly the type of player that has done really, really well at Ohio State in recent years. Guys who have a, a bigger picture mindset, um, and that's a good thing. Now, he is the 15th commitment in this class. He joins CJ Hicks, um, Terrence Brooks, and Gabe Powers. Hicks and Powers are both linebackers, and Brooks is a cornerback as the fourth defensive player in this class to be a top 100 player. And then, of course, Ohio State has, as they always do, three wide receivers in Caleb Burton, Caleb Brown, and Kion Grays, who are all top 100 guys on the offensive side as well. So even though Ohio State has been hurt by a couple decommitments, also hurt by hurt in terms of recruiting rankings, hurt by Quinn Ewers reclassifying into the 2021 class, that class, only with 15 guys, Caleb, is still number five in the country and is only 10 points behind Penn State for the lead in the Big Ten, despite having 11 fewer commitments. So what do you think this means moving forward for the rest of the class. I know Ohio State is still looking to add more defensive linemen with guys like Caden Curry and Amari Abor, Enai White, even though he looks like he's probably going to Texas A&M, uh, Shamar Stewart, Marvin Jones, Christian Miller, Hero Canoe, who just got a crystal ball to Oklahoma. Um, what do you think is left in this 2022 class? We're going to talk about the safeties here in a minute, but other than that, what is still lacking from this group that Ryan Day, Mark Pantone, and the rest of the coaches need to solidify in the next month and a half before early signing period. Yeah, kind of to hit on what you said earlier. I mean, it's it's really a, a tale of first world problems for Ohio State. I mean, like you said, I mean they're they're the fifth ranked class in the country, and they've got eleven commitments less than Penn State, who's you know number two overall. So I mean, I feel I feel like this class, when all is said and done, they'll be you know at least uh, they'll be at least in the top five, even if other programs get their other commitments, you know, to join their fold too. And I mean, shoot, it could be even something where the scenario you know says Ohio State's in the top three again. I don't think. 
they'll be the top class overall. I think Alabama or someone else at least will have that wrapped up just by pure quantity. And Ohio State, Ohio State really doesn't do a ton of signings, you know, after the early signing period, unless, you know, unless they're low on number. But it's kind of one of those deals in, in my mind where I look at this class and I just I can't see them going over 22 at the most. And maybe something will change. Um, but I think Ryan Day is kind of have a sweet spot right now at the 2021 20, mark. The last couple classes have been right near there where, you know, we see the SEC schools. They kind of not oversigned, you know, every, every single year, but they definitely are more prevalent to that as well. But I think for me, what I look at, you know, in terms of wrapping up the class, I think the only thing on offense we will see at all is offensive line additions. And I think they need at least one more. I would hope that maybe they'll get two more. I think tackle wise, they, they kind of have two guys in the fold. I, I would hope to see, you know, one more tackle, a true tackle that could join that class. And I think we can get into who that might be later on down on the show. Um, but, you know, at least one more on the offensive line. I would think maybe two um, at most on the offensive line and then offense should be completely done on the defensive side of the ball. You still, like you said, you still have the two safeties that are out there with Xavier Wampa and, and Zion branch. I think, you know, if they can get both of those, it really makes, you know, these, the entire defensive hall is that much better. And if they get one of the two, you know, again, you know, definitely would like to have both of them, obviously, but if they can get one of the two, that's still, you know, really, really solid for who else they were able to bring in. And then I do see them, you know, filling in with at least three to four more on the defensive line. So, and there's several names we can go over too, but I think overall I would see one, maybe two on the offensive line, three to four on the defensive line. And then, you know, hopefully they can bring in both safeties. So, and then I think it wraps up with that. Now, I know Ohio State has been in pursuit of some pretty good quarterbacks for this 2022 class. You and I have talked in the past about maybe not needing to get one in this cycle because yours, even though he's technically in the 2021 class and on the team now, Ryan Day in his Tuesday press conference said he might be ready to actually be on the field and be ready to compete for playing time like during bowl practices which means he's essentially redshirting this year so he's in the 2022 class essentially do you really think that ohio state despite putting out some offers kicking the tires on drew aller um, i think they sent out an offer even last week do you really think there's any chance that ohio state lands a top-notch blue chip prospect quarterback in this cycle I really don't. And, and I don't think that's a, a shot on Ohio state by any means. I just, I don't see it as completely necessary for one now. Yeah. I mean, obviously the coaching staff is going to know better than I do, than I would, but I just, I don't think it's necessary. I really don't. I mean, we could see one of the, you know, second year freshmen, kind of maybe enter the transfer portal, uh, whether it's Jack Miller, uh, whether it's, you know, Kyle McCord, I mean, heaven forbid it's yeah. Heaven forbid it's, you know, one or the other, but it's just one of those things where you've got Quinn in the fold. CJ is looking like the CJ Stroud that everyone was hoping he would be. And and I think the second half for him is, is going to be just as special as the last two weeks are. I really do see him heating up. He's, I mean, he just has to be an average playmaker at the quarterback spot and just get the the ball into the hands of his playmakers. Yeah. He has so much talent around him. He really doesn't need to overcomplicate it and reinvent the wheel type of deal. So I just, again, I don't see it as completely necessary. Now I could be completely off and Ryan day could go and sign, you know, another quarterback. If they can't get drew Aller, I just don't see them having enough time in the recruiting scene to be able to get a 2022 guy back in the fold. So like you said, they mentioned we Ohio state, we saw offered uh, current USC commit, uh, their quarterback last week. Devin and I just, Brown. again, yeah. yeah, Devin Brown. I just, I don't see 
a scenario where they have enough time to make up ground on building relationships and pulling a Drew Aller away from Penn State. And obviously, Drew Aller, he's not wrong if he wants to stay at Penn State. I mean, would Ohio State love to have him? Of course. It takes away a, a playmaker from Penn State and also keeps, you know, one of the best quarterbacks at home. But when you've got Quinn Ewers, again, it's it's first world problems. I mean, Drew Aller sees early playing time at Penn State. He probably doesn't see that at Ohio State, and who could blame him? So, again, to answer the question, I just I don't see it as completely necessary. Uh, they might go ahead and continue to pursue that, but I don't see it happening, um, if I'm being completely honest, just because I don't think, again, they have a ton of time to make up the relationship groundwork that you know other programs have, have been able to lay with their commits for you know quite some time now. Well, let's talk about the safeties. You mentioned Zion Branch and Xavier Nwangpa. Um, Both of those guys have been longtime targets for the Buckeyes. Um, Xavier Nwangpa is the number 45 player in the country. He is from Altoona, Iowa. Then you have Zion Branch, who is the number 50 player in the country. He is from uh, Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, recently, Xavier... uh, pretty much coming after one of his many, many visits to in-state Iowa, um, has gotten a handful of crystal balls going to Iowa. Now, both of them came from Iowa insiders, while Steve Wiltfong, who is the director of football recruiting for 24-7 Sports, put in a crystal ball for Nwankpa back in August as going to Ohio State. Zion Branch, on the other hand, he has seven uh, crystal balls currently in there. They are a split between Ohio State and USC. They all came from pretty much this summer, except for one from a random Oklahoma insider that came literally on Monday. Um, But obviously the ones for USC came before the coaching change um, was announced. I I feel a lot better, Caleb, about Zion right now, um, considering he has been choosing between Ohio State and USC, and he doesn't know who USC's coach is going to be. Xavier, it seems like he's really been pulled towards his in-state Hawkeyes. Um, So what are your thoughts on these two guys? Obviously, you said it'd be great to get both of them. But if you only get one of them, what are what do each of them bring? Is are they the same skill set? Do they each have different things? What do what does Xavier potentially bring to the Buckeyes uh, versus what does Zion potentially bring to the Buckeyes? Yeah, I think you know Ohio State's not going to recruit that many guys at the position if they're all going to play the same spot. I think you kind of have to yeah. make one or the other a priority if they're going to both play the same position. Now, it's been said numerous times over and over again that Ohio State has these guys brought in. They explained to them over the summer when they visited that you are set for this position. You are set for this position, whether it's the bullet or, you know, strictly a cover safety, that kind of thing. So in my mind, I see Xavier Wampa as the as the bullet position. And they've, they've said over and over again that he is going to fit the bill for, you know, the, the Ronnie Hickman role. And that's one of the things that, you know, if he's watching Ohio state, which I'm sure he is, that he has to see Ronnie doing a great job, you know, kind of really taking over in his first year as a true starter, you know, for Ohio state is doing a really good job. I mean, now tons of development needs to continue to happen for Ronnie Hickman, but he's, he's doing a really stellar job for, 
you know, all things considering where the defense was at the beginning of the year and where they at least look to to be at right now. Uh, Xavier can definitely put on more pounds, uh, you know, with his frame and with his size. So I don't think that's any problem at all. Um, and I don't think he'll, he's going to lose any athleticism or speed, you know, if that comes from the strength program at all. So Zion, on the other hand, I think he's your true, you know, deep safety, the cut more of the coverage guy obviously comes up and plays, you know, in the box when needed to. But I think both of these guys, they're, you know, clearly the top priorities for Ohio State, you know, in the remaining the remaining commits, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball for the secondary. I mean, those are really the only two that you hear hear names of, uh, you know, over and over again. They've they've been the priority for some time now. So I think being that they both play safety, but are being recruited in different ways for Ohio State, I think that bodes well. Uh, but like you said, you know, things kind of look better for Zion right now than they do Xavier, and you just have to hope that the, you know, the home you know, the home cooking for Iowa kind of tends to wear off. But the good thing is Ohio State will get him back on campus, not this coming week, but the following week when they host mm-hmm. Penn State. So in an atmosphere like that, a night game, you know, Scarlet out the shoe, it, you know, things things do look pretty solid. I, I think Xavier's made it very clear that, you know, the relationships he has with Ohio State's players are the best that he has out of his top three um, player-wise with the other commits in the classes. And you just have to hope that, you know, all all things go well on, on, you know, October 30th when, when he does get to visit Columbus again. So hasn't been to a game yet has been on campus um, before, but you know, this will be his first game time experience. And, you know, I think, I think that really bodes well, you know, for him to be able to have Ohio state that high and, you know, not be able to see a game, you know, in person, I think he'll be pretty surprised what, what the horseshoe can do, uh, you know, and compared to Kinnick stadium. So that should be a good visit. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully Ohio state does well on, on both fronts that night on the field and, you know, off the field as well too. Yeah. Uh, Kinnick has the, the wave, but Ohio state has them beat in every other situation. So uh, I will take that. Um, all right, Caleb, let's wrap up. I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't prep you for this. Um, on Tuesday, Ohio State did get a crystal ball for a three-star offensive lineman from Ohio named Avery Henry. I'm going to take him out of this discussion. Other than him, who do you think Ohio State's next commitment will be? This one's tough for me. I, I, can't, really, I can't really put an exact name on something that, you know, I, I, that I'm feeling. In my opinion, you really have to hope that one of the guys that they're in on is going to be the next one. So I do think with, you know, the new developments, of the offensive lineman from St. Clairsville, I think that could be, you know, happening yeah, not, anytime. Not counting um, him. So not, yep, counting not counting him. him. <laughs> I think that could be obviously, you know, the one, but if I'm not counting him, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, Xavier, Xavier, Wampo, you know, his decision coming in December, he could be the next one. You, mm. you kind of hope that it doesn't wait that long being yeah. that the early signing period's coming up, you know, within a month and a half. Um, I'll give you a couple names that I think will be in the fold uh, rather than just who will be the next one. Cause I, I really don't know. When I look at timeline wise. I don't, I don't really see anyone that I'm kind of thinking, well, he's leaning towards it. I just, it could be one of those things where it's right before the early signing period or, or even after, if you will. So mm-hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you three names. I think that will be in the fold. I think Caden Curry will be, I think Xavier Wampa will be, I, I'm going to hold out hope that, you know, Notre Dame, he's got a good connection there. Iowa obviously has a good connection there, but I do think the night game visit and what, you know, he feels with Ohio state's current commits. I think that'll win out in the end. And then the third one, I'm going to surprise some people. I do think hero canoe will be part of this class, even though, like you said earlier, he did get the crystal ball from an Oklahoma insider. I just think Ohio state's going to be able to win out in the end because of once again, the Larry Johnson factor. So those are my three 
if I had to pick one that is going to be the soonest, I think I'll stick with Xavier just because his timeline in December. I hope we don't have to wait that long for a new commitment, but I'll go with Xavier. Um, and I think those three will be the next three defensive commits. Yeah, Caden Curry and Hero Canoe both defensive lineman obviously Xavier at safety Xavier is scheduled to commit on December 8th um, I'm not sure where that falls in relation to the early signing period but it is either during or right after do want to say that Zion Branch who we talked about as well he is not scheduled to commit until the Under Armour All-American game so I think that's usually on July 1st or uh, January 1st or something like that Correct. so yep. he's not going to be a part the early signing period is December 15th so Xavier's oh, okay. commitment will be just a week before that starts Got it. Okay, cool. So um, definitely not going to be Zion. We know when he is. Hopefully someone else jumps into the class before we have to wait till December 8th for Xavier. But, uh, um, you know, for only having 15 players in the class, they're doing pretty well. And hopefully they have plenty of room to land a few more big four and five star players in this class as they are very close with some other guys there. So. Yeah, they just have to be patient. I mean, like it's kind of like I said earlier, with with how national their their presence is in recruiting, that you just have to be patient with these kids because they do. They they take their time in the process. They do their due diligence. They take all five official visits, and who they're going up against is is not easy competition. So many times you kind of have to wait it out and be you know the last man standing, if you will. So, uh, but the good thing is is they're they're in on some names that are some of the top you know prospects that are still available in the entire country, you know regardless of position. So the good good news is is whoever they end up with is going to be one of those top caliber players all right everybody thanks for listening to this episode of land grant holy lands the dotted line podcast also thank you of course caleb for joining us as always if you're finding this episode on landgrantholyland.com please subscribe wherever you get your podcast we are cranking out at least one podcast episode every single day and in some cases if you are lucky or unlucky as the case may be you will get multiple ones and they all have unique perspectives and voices that you won't hear anywhere else in the buckeye podcasting universe don't forget to follow land grant holy land on twitter at land grant 33 caleb where can they follow you first and last name number nine caleb hauser nine would love to see someone drop by and asking your recruiting questions if they have them always happy to answer those awesome you can find me at bww matt thanks again for listening we will talk to you soon and as always go bucks